Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. What a privilege it is for us to gather and worship Him in this shared space together. Right, it's a privilege. I mean, uh, and on some days it doesn't feel that way. Uh, some Sundays, but just a reminder that God gave to me, and hopefully for many of us here, is it's our privilege. And so we worship Him in this shared space together because we get to. And you know, even as I was just, you know, there were some parts where you know, I don't know whether you've experienced this, but there are times when just you hear others. Uh, responding or you know Gideon who was leading worship just singing the lyrics and it just ministers and 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 even if I can't say it it feels almost like that's the cry of my heart and and you know God just really moved my heart and and I was just reminded how precious it is that when we worship together uh, it is different from at home because uh, um, we get to express cries and longings from our hearts even on behalf of each other, you know? And it's not just for myself, uh, it's for the person next to me or, you know, my spouse or just each other, just being this is nonverbal maybe, but there's just this expression. And there's this anthem that rises up from our hearts. And that's what happens when we worship. And it's just awesome. So, you know, great time of worship. Thank you, worship team. Uh, they come real early. Uh, and then the rest of the team every week so early. We appreciate you guys and uh, all the other volunteers as well uh, as, as PDS Chair. Now, uh, many of you maybe have heard uh, uh, this quote. Uh, and as I just jump into the message, let me just uh, start with prayer real quick. God, we thank you that this morning you have your word for each of our hearts. And I pray that um, beyond just the words that I share uh, and speak, that you directly uh, move within us. Uh, and, and draw us to you and what you're saying to each of us personally, but also as a community this morning about what's on your heart and about worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, um, Piper, John Piper, many of you may know his name. He says this and many years ago and it caught my attention, which says, and I'm a huge believer in you know, missions and church exists for mission. Missions exist because worship doesn't. And some of you have heard this. And, uh, you know, I, I, my first hear of it was like, that's not true, you know, missions. Uh, but, but over the years, I've just seen, like, that is true. Because ultimately, the goal is what? That all nations may know the Lord and all nations may serve him. Even when the people were being led out of Egypt and God was drawing them through, you know, leading them through Moses, Multiple times talking to Pharaoh, the intention was let them go so that they may serve me, worship me. That was always God's intention. And then all the nations around you will know that I am the Lord. Right? And so worship uh, uh, is primary to the churches. Is, you know, the, this place is role. To, so there is a priority of worship with regards to the church. It is the fuel uh, of why we exist. The, and the goal, ultimately, of why church is, is so that all will know 
right? All peoples. We exist to help all peoples know the Lord. And that's uh, exactly what our fuel and our goal is. Re uh, recall Isaiah when he had, uh, saw the Lord in the temple, Isaiah 6. Uh, he responded just recognizing his own wretchedness. His next response was, here I am send me, right? And, and there's just this connection between existing for that very reason, that goal and, and missions exist because worship doesn't, because ultimately our role is worship yeah. and that everyone will know who he is. And for eternity, we're going to worship, right? And we are God's people in exile. And, and it's the one distinguishing mark when it comes to worship. It's the one distinguishing mark or response that people of God can give to God's divine initiative. It is the one that distinguishes us from those who do not worship God. Right? And on many other fronts, uh, we may share similarities or behave similar, but when it comes to worshiping God, it is that one mark that distinguishes us apart. And whether we are gathered in this space or you're watching at home or, or when we are apart going through our daily life, our worship is this symphony. Uh, this like, you know, together in like tonal agreement, a symphony that rises up in one voice uh, uh, that, that represents people from different backgrounds, races, uh, family experiences, just different persuasions or whatever it is, and, and intergenerational and multifaceted. We worship God with that one voice with our lives and when we're here in this space, right? So that's the priority of worship. So I asked somebody right, on our worship team, tell me uh, what comes to mind when we say worship. Uh, you know, he or she, I will not reveal. Hopefully you cannot guess. Uh, said, <laughs> the response was, what is worship? Sing song, no? out of tune, then don't count. No? I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> Uh, but on a more serious note, another definition that was given also from somebody in the worship team, communication with God is, is worship, is communication with God that is intentional. It starts off with adoring God and it ends up just basking in his presence where divine exchange happens. Wow. I'm like, can you preach? No. So yeah, here I am. Uh, so worship, we also know and we often hear it is lifestyle. It's not so much external, but it's an internal condition or a reality, right? So that's, I'm just breezing through, that's kind of how we would define worship. What do we see in terms of what the Bible tells us about worship in both Old Testament and New Testament? Here we're talking about worship and spiritual formation. And so on that, uh, yeah, the next one. No, uh, the worship and spiritual formation. Yes. So on the second one, worship in Old Testament and New Testament. I think one of the things that we can say is consistent is that uh, worship required conscious preparation out of reverence for God. Whether it's in the Old Testament or New Testament, there is this call to prepare our hearts or examine ourselves, right? To come with the fear of the Lord, right? So there's that. Second, worship encouraged family and personal worship as complementary to communal or, or public worship, right? It is not either or, it is complementary. And uh, that's important. 
it also worship involves the whole person, body, mind, soul. It involves the whole person in the whole of life, right? In all of your life, not just this compartment, that compartment, but all of your life, right? All encompassing. Worship was active and participative for everyone priesthood of all believers. So we're not just talking about worship as in uh, certain people uh, with certain gifts or whatever. We're talking about actively all participating, right? Are you with me? Right. Worship focused on God's nature and his deeds, right? What God, who God is and what he's uh, done or doing, right, in our lives. Uh, And it also focuses on the whole story uh, that we see even shown in the Bible, the whole story of God, right, towards the climax. So it, it looks behind, present, and forward, right? Worship engages ways to recall, like, you know, ritual, and I hope that doesn't come with all, only negative connotations. But, uh, you know, this is a ritual. We come here regularly. Then it is part of our life of expression of faith, right? So... Um, ways to recall, like a communion. It's a time where there is the vertical dimension, there is the horizontal when we take, took it together, and there is this inward examination of our heart. And also recall that, uh, you know, with the, with the cup, remember to proclaim his name until he comes again. So that's like also missional. In communion, what we reenact is full of stuff. That, that we are called to recall, to remember, and we practice God's story again and again when we do that, right? When we come or when we have confession to each other for healing, when we pray for each other, when we greet each other, when we buy coffee for each other. Thank you, Jen. Uh, when we just do these things, and also uh, it's about engaging ways to teach, right? The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Uh, we engage like this as a church to worship because it is a modeling of the priority of worship to each other, to our next generations, to everyone. Uh, it is a, a reenactment to teach also, teach our own selves and teach each other. And that's what we do in worship. And worship also assumed and required a lifestyle of obedience in service to God because in that there is integrity to our worship. A worship is not obviously just 20 minutes sing song law, right? It's not. We know that. That was just, you know, for fun. But it is a lifestyle of obedience which is integral to our worship. And so we see this as a pattern, as principles, even not just in the Old Testament, but the New as well, right? I don't know, maybe some part of it you're like, "Mm, I'm not sure about that. Uh, Yeah, so I included some verses, you can check it out, but I'm not going to lead you through each one. But I just meant to draw out some basic points we can learn from that. Just as a summary, before we go to the third and last part. Yes, so basic points about worship, we mentioned this is, we come together to commune so that we then are commissioned out into the world, right? Um, Worship is not a place, but it's assembly of God's people and it's an attitude within, and we know that. Um, Worship, because of the root words, 
the way that it's translated, sometimes the word worship that you see in the New Testament doesn't give you the, the rich, full meaning of the, the, what is intended in the biblical text. So for example, there are words that mean like liturgy, which is service, works of the people. When we come, it's not Sunday service because God's serving you, you know. Some of us, maybe it's not what we think. We just never thought about, why is it called service? But it is liturgy. It is the service works of the people, not works of the pastors or works of the volunteer, the people, everybody. So liturgy is a, is a root word that, that leads sometimes to the word worship, right? Or the word proscunio, uh, bowing down, prostrating. That means worship. So all these, right, uh, so I summarized it, that worship must encompass service, submission, and reverence to God. Whatever tradition we uh, come from or we grew up in, whatever form of worship in different churches, what it must have is worship that tutors our hearts towards serving God and others, towards submission to the Lordship of Jesus in our lives, and towards, what's the one? Towards reverence, a fear of God in every area, in our decisions, our life choices, our values, the things that we pass on to our children and our children's children. All these is worship. So Richard Foster uh, puts in this quote, and, and his chapter in Celebration of Discipline on Worship, if you haven't read it, it's rich. It's so full of good stuff. And he says this, Forms and rituals do not produce worship, nor does the disuse, that means not using, forms and rituals. It doesn't produce worship either way. We can use all the right techniques, methods, we can have the best possible liturgy, but we have not worshipped the Lord until spirit touches spirit. Tozer says, because I cannot memorize it, it is simply not enough to know about God. We must know God in increasing levels of intimacy that lifts us up above all reason. I don't know how that jives with some of you. All reason lifts us above because God is above reason many times and into the world of adoration and praise and worship, like that definition. It starts off with us just adoring God and then we bask in His presence because there's a divine exchange that happens. And Tozer says, a spiritual practice for our formation, for our conformation to Jesus, for our transformation, must be often, regular, and intentional for it to actually uh, uh, do that divine exchange, for us to be transformed, right, and to become more like Jesus. So how do we deepen our worship together? I'll start off just with our problem. What do I mean by that? We have problems when we come together in worship, and I'm not covering uh, exhaustive uh, a topic on worship, so you, you know, it's all about personal worship. Sure, also, I'm focusing on when we worship together. What are some problems or challenges? I think one problem is we are in a society that is increasingly narcissistic. We are self-absorbed. Even when we don't want to, we just are, right? Uh, in so many ways, but worship tutors us to shift our focus towards God, to shift our gaze from looking at ourselves or other people. We are shifting our focus toward God. 
and, and doing it together. I, I've lately, you might find me weird, but lately I've been studying with people on YouTube. Any of you do that? I'm surprised that uh, so far the people I've mentioned this to just give me this really weird look. Because the number of followers that these channels have, they, are, they have huge following, seriously. So a lot of people, what they do is they have YouTube channels where they uh, load, upload videos of them studying and you, you can study along with them. Okay, you may find me weird for doing that, but I don't intend to do it my whole life. But recently, <laughs> Recently, I've been doing it, and I find a couple of them interesting to study with. Just because, so what they'll do is they do this technique called Pomodoro. And so they'll time the study session. Oh, yo, maybe that will help you. I noticed Legacy sitting here. It will help you, so it'll time your study session, and then there is intervals of break. So either 25 minutes study, and then five minutes break, and then another 25, and then five. Then you keep doing that. Uh, it may sound counter uh, intuitive, but some people have found it very helpful. So my point being, uh, there are times when I need help focusing. Yeah. And I found this helpful. So like prepping sermon, okay, I'll turn on one of these videos, headphone, there's like low, lo-fi, lo-fi music on for 25 minutes, and then I'll take a break, go out, take a snack, and then come back. So Matt's been seeing me do that, uh, and, and it helps. So my point though is, uh, sometimes we just need that help with each other. And, and, and being uh, self-absorbed doesn't help. Our, our focus needs to change. And actually we realize that also it teaches us to be humble. Someone defined humility as, uh, you know, it's not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking less about yourself, thinking about yourself less, okay? And I find that true. And I think when we worship, we're thinking about God more. We're not thinking about ourselves and just our little problems anymore, or we're just sinking in our, our miry clay. But worship forces us out of that self-absorption and just focus on Jesus and what He is doing in your heart, in your life, in the circumstances that you're facing. Right. Second, negative thought pattern. Now, maybe you have a knee-jerk reaction. I don't have a negative thought pattern. I want to challenge you that I think many times we struggle with negative thoughts. Okay. We may not immediately think we do. Some of us are more readily like, yeah, that's me. But some, or I think some of us, you may not realize, but we have this bad pattern that we are stuck in, or we are just drawn to, or we're just stuck under a barrage of negativity, whether it's from our family, or from what we read, or what we surround ourselves with, or all the social media that we choose to indulge in too much. Sometimes that doesn't help with our thought life. And so worship helps with our negative thinking pattern because during worship, God gives insight or he just, his light just breaks through the shroud of, of you know, sadness or discouragement or, or just hopelessness or depression that, that we are under. Whether it is for ourselves or on behalf of others, worship takes us out of that. In worship, we break out. God is able to give insight, word of knowledge, word of wisdom for you through someone or right to you. And that's important. And many times we may think, ideally, in my personal worship, I also can. But there are many times we just don't. 
We just can't get to that place at home. Sometimes at home, I struggle to let out worship uh, vocally and just sing and just shout. Uh, not just for noise, but sometimes it's just difficult. But this morning, God refreshed my heart in a, in a new way because of the worship team singing on my behalf. And that's what happens when we have this negative thought pattern. Another problem is our idolatry. And many times in our lives, it's not just us choosing between God and other idols. God or. It's not, right? Many times, and we as uh, followers of Jesus, our struggle is God and other things. Uh, and, and, and that's an issue with our affection. There is a divided affection. And I'm not just talking about you. But in worship, God highlights this to us. Stuff that sometimes we're not willing to face on a regular day. In worship, God points out gently to us. God convicts us by His Spirit. God reveals stuff. Or even in conversation uh, after service, God refines us from our idolatrous ways through our worship. And God causes us to see how important it is to put Him at the center of our lives when we worship. And, and sometimes it's not thinking our way to becoming. Not sometimes, many times it's not. It is singing our way to becoming. It is acting, behaving our way into. Discipleship is not uh, something I resolve mentally and then I get it. The truth is experience. Truth that sets us free is the truth that we live out. And then sometimes you look, oh, that's what God needed to do. And that's how worship is oftentimes. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to raise my hand anyway. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to say, praise you, Jesus, anyway, right? I don't feel like it today, but because we're in this communal worship, I'm going to sing my heart out. I'm going to sing well, not, not today, but I'm going to shout my heart out. I'm going to say, yes, is it a song? <laughs> is it a fragrance? Let me pour my oil on you. I always say it, whatever. But we learn to be refined by God through our worship. And we refine each other. And we speak from our hearts to God and for each other. Last one. Our problem is sometimes our contentment. We're very happy where we are. My worship life is okay. No problem. But sometimes when you really enter into that worship, Jesus asks, am I really your Lord in this area? Are you really happy about this? And you know, we know Submitting to Jesus' Lordship is not a one-off thing, right? Time and time again, Jesus asked, do you really love me? And some days you're just like, God, it's so hard. Mm. That's why we need worship. Our worship together is that vital environment where we'll not become so contented that we become like this rubber band that hardens but not malleable stretchable anymore but we are constantly yielded pliable in God's hands
there's this understanding of holy expectancy uh, that Foster wrote about also, called Kol Yahweh. Uh, it's not up there. But it's just this notion of how worship is with holy expectancy. When you see the people of God, it's like they're standing at the foot of the mountain. Like, what's God saying? Glory of God, come. Right? There is that holy expectancy. Let me share another quote from one of our worship leaders. <laughs> Why? Why are you allowed? <laughs> Sunday, this is serious. This is good stuff, okay? I just casually text and got this profound statement. Read it for yourself. Be, yeah, man, be, be hit by the truth of it. Sunday worship is not an independent thing, but a place where you are a public witness in engaging God in a way that reflects your weeks, thanksgiving, victories, even repentance and surrender. Yeah, man. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah. The city worship leader, okay. Yeah, don't pray, pray. I mean, play, play. <laughs> Pray, pray. Don't play, play. <laughs> Maybe we don't always enjoy our worship together. Right, let's be honest. honest. Honesty brings intimacy, right? <laughs> Some days it's like, oh, I'm just not feeling it there. I just can't enter into worship. Or there are times when like, hey, I feel like I should linger more here, but how come? How come change song? Uh, or like, oh, don't feel like yeah, uh, the flow is going where I feel God's spirit is leading. Now, I don't know. Maybe most of you are like, no, most of the time we're good. Okay. But I, I guess as a pastor, there are some days when you're like, you're kind of like, okay, where is the spirit leading? Then you're trying to discern the direction. Uh, but there are, there, these are times when I thought I would share some practical tips and then end here. How we can all deepen our worship together. Right? It's for all of us. It's six. It looks like a lot, but it's very fast. Okay? <laughs> Revitalize our personal worship because they complement each other when you come together. Don't just come. It's like your one time of worship the whole week. No! Have your personal worship and come because the worship leader said that. Okay? Second, read scripture to till the soil of your heart. That's important. Don't come like, the word didn't speak to me. Like, you got to read your scripture or not throughout the week. Okay. okay. The, examine your heart. Okay. Examine your heart, my heart as well. And this is important. For example, like when we take communion or if you know you're taking communion, take time uh, before Sunday service. Sleep earlier, you know, spend time just examining your, your life before communion the next day. And sometimes, I'll be honest, like when we're watching at home, it's a bit rushed. Oh yeah, communion today. Grab, grab, grab. Okay? It's like hardly, uh, you know, prepared and there are kids running everywhere. Ah, communion. Ah. So I'm just, but here, okay, here. Uh, uh, we try to take time before service. Come examine your heart beforehand, during the week, or the morning before you come. Right, wake up earlier. Four, sleep early. <laughs> yeah, Matt slept earlier last night. I did not sleep early. <laughs> but as a general uh, suggestion, uh, do sleep early when you can, right? Uh, sleep early so that you can wake up early and arrive before service. I know it's hard, especially those with kids, but I will not make it an excuse and neither should you. 
if you're not happy later, come see me, okay? Number five, <laughs> focus on parts that speak to you. There are parts when you may not really agree with or some of the things I'm saying, but focus on the parts that speak to you, okay? Focus on that. Don't be distracted by other things. Six, let yourself respond freely. Uh, this is the safest place for communal worship ever. Um, you should feel free to respond freely here, right? And that's what we're about. Yes, I will end on this last thing. Uh, I don't try to share quotes all the time, but Richard Foster really blew my mind. And so he said this, as worship begins in holy expectancy, it ends in holy obedience. Holy obedience saves worship from becoming an opiate, like a numbing substance, and escape from the pressing needs of modern life. If worship does not propel us into greater obedience, it has not been worship. And this definitely struck me. And so on that note, I want to draw you to a time of just examining your heart. And wherever you are seated, or if you feel, like I said, you know, feel free to respond as you are led. You can stand, you can kneel, whatever it is, raise your hands. Find your expression, even now, as uh, we come to a close. Among the many things that I've shared, Focus on what God is saying to you right now. With regard to your worship life with God, and because it's such a huge topic, I'm not going to narrow it down because all of you are in a different place in your worship life. But I know God is saying something if you're listening. How would you like to go deeper in your worship with God? Do you want to deepen your worship of God? And you know, it's okay if your answer is, I'm not sure. There's no need to be religious in our response. Anyway, it's between you and God. Wherever you are at in terms of that question, you're not sure if you want deeper worship, you're not sure, you feel distant from God, or you're eagerly saying, yes, I want deeper worship. Wherever you are on that spectrum, I want to invite you to respond to God 